1: Welcome to Crossbody of Work. My name is Evan. And I am Javier. And it is time for another three-part spectacular.
2: It's not one. It is two. We're doing it is a two-part trois. Trois on good old Mick
1: Foley. I'm very excited for this because Mick Foley is the only person who has a three-parter that has a specific way it should be divided up. Everybody, yeah, else much. We, everybody else, we do in terms of, uh, you know, the span of his career just in order. You know, Undertaker yeah. had one where his was the '90s, the '2000s, and the '10s, like that. He, he just worked out that way. Uh, but Mick Foley has three different gimmicks that we need to talk about. Yeah, because all of them were prominent throughout his career. Yeah, and Dude Love is going to get mishmashed together with Mick Foley because there is some other Mick Foley matches we need to talk about when he is just himself. Yeah, but today. We're talking specifically about Cactus Jack, the first wrestling gimmick for McFoley, maybe my favorite wrestling gimmick for McFoley um i, it, yeah, I, I it's would still say second
2: it's, i I would say personally that it is his most entertaining that's fair um but my i mean my personal favorite is dude love just because I, I just think we, i have a personal connection to dude love because of the the raw versus smackdown video games oh okay so like i didn't i, I mean i would just pick them because i really like this
1: theme song and i like the look yeah <laughs> I if you, know. so if you had to cut bench start cactus jack mankind McF- uh don't make dude me do love this
2: man don't make me do this i mean mine uh, would be
1: would be start mankind put cactus yeah, on mankind bench. Starting. Cut, dude.
2: Love, mankind. Starting, I have to bench cactus just because, like, cactus yeah. is is probably his most important character. It is. Uh, I mean, it, you know, you gotta. Fit, and, and for everyone that's gonna hate me for that, you have to factor in the outside of the WWE stuff too. Yes, you know? and that's mainly what we're talking about today. Yeah, uh, and then I'm I'm cutting dude. Love, unfortunately, I hate to do it, but he's just I can't. I'm not gonna get rid of the
1: other two just because that's my favorite. You know, no, that's that's a good head coach there. Uh, the other thing that happened this week the, of the week of recording, Javier went to Dynamite in Boston. How was Dynamite, my guy? Dynamite was fucking lit. Um, Honestly,
2: it's probably the best wrestling event I've been to. Really? Um, yeah. I I mean, as far as I, I would say the best event I've went to or the most prominent, at least, event I went to prior to this was the SmackDown before WrestleMania 32. Right. I got yeah. to see Brock attacked Dean Ambrose they had a little thing I had to see a bunch of other cool stuff but I think uh I think that was the I think Dynamite you know because I got I got the whole experience I got to see Dark I got to see Dynamite I got to see Rampage uh I was in a really cool section of the crowd too where like you know a bunch of people were just you know doing chants and we were all talking about wrestling it was really fun yeah um Yeah, I don't know. It was a a good little mix between like the hardcore, hardcore fans and the casual guys who were just there because wrestling's fun. And they were like, oh, let's watch. Uh, But they were still there for a good time. It was really good crowd. I don't know how it's going to come off on TV, but it was fucking loud for a lot of stuff. I will tell you, Jamie Hayter better win the title at full gear. You're fully behind. Not only for me the entirety of the crowd was behind that woman that's fair like she is, i would say fans are so ready for yeah. her to get just this massive pop and for everyone you know thinking oh she's just getting the the the, the reactions because you know people are horny for her no it was like everyone the amount of women i saw with like jamie hater like there was a whole jamie section and the biggest sign in the bunch was this woman who was like and and there was a bunch of teenage girls who who She's over. She really is. She's over as fuck with everyone. There were kids with fucking Jamie Hader signs. Who had the biggest pop? Who had the biggest pop for you? Oh, man. Um, Was it the acclaimed? No, actually. It was Orange Cassidy. That also doesn't surprise me. Orange Cassidy, I would say, got the biggest pop. Because at one point... um, Actually, no. So MJF had like a video promo.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, That got the biggest pop of the night, I would say um there was a really huge pop for tony shivani when he came out from the tunnel as there should be yeah uh soraya got a huge pop but i I think orange cassidy decibel wise got the loudest pop of the people that actually like came out physically
1: best match you witnessed because by the time that this airs rampage will be done but
2: yeah uh no it was it was definitely the danielson uh sammy Guevara, two out of three falls match Fair. that was yep. fucking fun uh the tag the the four tag match the the ftr and uh acclaim yeah. versus and our glory and uh ass boys that was fun um there is a there was a a rampage match that was um brian cage and, and dante martin that one was pretty yeah cool. that's
1: in the eliminator tournament yeah
2: yes yes um I didn't get to see Ricky Stark. I'm very devastated by it. Lance Archer beat his ass, and I don't. I get, I don't know. I got to see Wardlow get turned heel on by Samoa Joe, which I yes. was not expecting. You texted I, like, me you, immediately. Yeah, I sent you. Uh, it wouldn't go through for whatever reason, but I sent you the uh, a picture of when they came out, and I was like Samoa Joe because you know you yeah. like Samoa Joe. Yeah, I we like love Samoa Joe, Joe on this him. podcast. Yeah, and then and then um he, you know Wardlow destroys Arya Divari. Uh, you know, he he's like he's saying that he he's coming for all the titles. Um, because I I I don't remember who the fuck he was yelling at at that point. Um, and then and then he just gets fucking decked
1: from behind to yeah, see it. He just gets no, I am behind. I am happy to see Wardlow getting another like prominent feud. That'll be really good.
2: Oh, he was yelling at Hobbs by the way.
1: That's what it was. Oh, that's, that's
2: and, and it's looking like it might be a triple threat at the pay per view.
1: That sounds crazy good. Last question. What merch did you buy? I am currently wearing a ooh, scissor me daddy shirt. Yes. Um, I wanted to
2: get the scissor me daddy ass shirt, but they didn't have it there. Surprisingly enough, they did not have any MJF shirts. They had two CM Punk shirts. That
1: is incredibly surprising.
2: Yeah. Um, I, ended up, I, I really wanted to just uh, – this shirt – uh, any acclaimed shirt or any mjf shirt they didn't have any mjf shirts so i just settled for there's like a uh blackpool combat club shirt that's like a bloody fist in the middle and then it's a ring around it that has their names so okay. i got that just because
1: i don't know It looked cool we like all the guys in it too it makes sense
2: i got to see william regal too Love william oh
1: Riegel. god also Claudio uh so he didn't
2: he wasn't on any of the shows but uh I get there was a kid who, who was in crutches who came up like right in front of me I was basically off to the left of the ramp uh yeah. like directly but that's where like the wrestlers who get beat up when they go off to the side and not up the ramp they they like walked by me um and in that section uh there was a kid with like crutches who came up with his dad and they brought Claudio out to like talk to him
0: Claudio's oh, that's a nice
2: big motherfucker dude he- he's huge huge. you don't notice it until he's right there he's fucking massive yeah he's a a bunch of boulders all put together like six five absolute like my brother was wearing his like his full gear the jacket with the with the trunks and he first off i don't know why he was wearing the trunks because he doesn't do that anymore he wears tights but no i'm not gonna judge not gonna judge but he looked fucking huge it was insane
1: let's talk about cactus jack the hardcore deathmatch unhinged side of McFoley. Uh, the demon time version of McFoley, if you will. The I have nothing, no fucks left to give. So I'm gonna just burn it all to the ground. Yeah, this 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 man was insane the first few matches here. I'm not gonna lie to you. So a little bit about McFoley, the person. Because normally we get to talk like in the beginning about all the origins, but let's talk a little bit about where he's from. Uh he moved when he was very young to the Long Island town of East Setauket, about 40 miles northeast of New York City. Uh it's like the fun fact a lot of people know is that he was uh classmates and wrestling teammates with Kevin James, aka Paul Blunt. <laughs> it's like a fun fact that I've seen I've seen a couple of different places. The zookeeper. Yes. Uh and you know where McFoley's inspiration for wrestling came from, how he decided he wanna be a wrestler. The story has been told a lot. Uh he went to go see his favorite wrestler, Jimmy Snuka, at Madison Square Garden. He hitchhiked to oh, get yeah. there. Yeah, the, and the dive. And he saw the dive against Don Morocco, and he was—he is. You can see him on the footage. You can see Mick. Yeah. As soon as you which, said it, I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah I know. He would be trained. He would go to a couple different places. Uh, World Class Championship Wrestling in Dallas, the UWF, and then Tri-State Wrestling, which is the precursor to Eastern Championship Wrestling, which then became ECW. That's where our first match takes place. It is against Eddie Gilbert, March twenty first, nineteen ninety one, a Falls Count Anywhere match. Now, I initially wanted us to watch the barbed wire rope match that they have because it ends with Foley doing the spot where you get your head stuck in the ropes as you're going over. Mind is you... Is that the ear rib match? It's not the ear rib match because the ear rib match happened overseas. Okay. I think it happened in Germany. But this... the Look, you can find that match online. And I would like anyone to go and try to watch it. If you and I tried to watch it, we would have nothing to say. It is the worst quality video of anything we've ever tried to watch anything ever it's crazy hey man i just saw a pixel move like it's it's like somebody who was the last person to show up to their kids high school talent show and they're at the very back and they're and they're short like me and they're trying to get the footage of their kid and they just can't reach it Ah, uh, so it's my dad. Um uh, my dad's yes. not sure, but
2: he's definitely the last person to show up.
1: <laughs> so instead of getting this falls Gun anywhere match, uh, I want to know what you think about it.
2: I you know, I have a pretty significant ex- amount of experience watching Eddie Gilbert matches oddly enough. How? Why? I I like I don't know, I had a kick where I would watch a lot of the uh a lot of the 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 memphis territory uh stuff okay. i would watch a lot of stuff from just like the obscure stuff from the 90s and yeah. the, uh, late 80s and eddie gilbert would pop up a bunch so like i've seen a lot of his matches um just like r- literally random matches i mean stuff against him and lawler stuff against him and, and and a lot of guys came through especially memphis um i think i said i remember seeing a jeff Jarrett match uh but no i i have a good amount of experience with eddie gilbert eddie gilbert's a really fun guy the way that i would describe eddie gilbert is not fighting fucking
1: cactus jack it's a really weird (laughs) mix and like this was the biggest feud for jack in the twa and i wanted to see a little bit of like the origins pre ecw wcw all that and hot stuff eddie gilbert obviously comes out hot to the song hot stuff jack comes out to born to be wild excellent theme choice makes a lot of sense very on brand uh early on jack takes the uh, gilbert offers a hand jack takes it and then just throws hands himself they're outside early they're going over barricade and then there's a spot where they start brawling through the crowd and you can't see anything there's there's no camera people there and it's really awkward it reminded me of when we did the kamala episode and they go to the back <laughs> and just who, who the fuck knows what happens you know what I mean? Yeah, the the, the Brian Danielson match, right? Yeah. Where all of a sudden Danielson reappears and you're like, I hope he's okay. We have no <laughs> idea knowing what happened. Do you think they fight when they go back there still? Like
2: if they go back to where they, the entrance ramp, do you think they just like kind of stand around for a I second? I like to
1: think they do like a secret handshake. I <laughs> like paper
2: scissors for who has to go back
1: out first exactly some shit like that that sounds fun to me uh there you you can see the mob of people following them trying to see the action because there's no security that's why we can't see anything is because there's a
2: mob of people that are following them
1: eventually we see them again jack tries to suplex a table onto gilbert that was the plan not stop suplex gilbert suplex a table onto gilbert innovator of violence I've seen Ric Flair
2: do an, do an elbow drop on his own jacket before. Yeah. I've never
1: seen a man try to suplex a table. No, but, you know, Cactus Jack does his own thing. Uh, they brawl into the hallway leading to the outside of the building. When we when we finally see them again, Eddie Gilbert is on Cactus's back. And yeah, you he's think like it's a, a piggyback a, ride. You'd think it's a sleeper hole, but it's a piggyback ride. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. They just got tired. Yeah. It's, you know... He hits a right hand and Jack tumbles down all the stands and then Gilbert hits him with a signpost. I was like, yeah, this, this is match like a like a, sign. This is like a backyard wrestling match. This makes no sense. I don't understand what's going on here. All
2: I know is this was probably run by by Matt and Jeff Hardy. Um, this is their
1: backyard uh, association that they used to have. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jack hits a backbreaker in the stands by the barricade. He gets a two count there because this is false count anywhere. Uh Gilbert with one of my favorite maneuvers, which is to throw a soda in
2: Cactus's face. Yeah, this is my favorite move in the NBA, is when you knock a drink down on purpose to get his yeah. hand out <laughs> I like Jason that one. kid he... knows
1: all about this. My favorite one is always when because pe- I, I see a lot of these clips online, like a lot of the reels I'll see on Instagram are like basketball related or sports related in general. Yeah. When people cross somebody up, but they clearly step on the foot of the guy playing defense, that doesn't count. That doesn't count as a cross-up. Yeah, KD
2: did that a couple uh, like last week, didn't he? He like someone he he like crossed some. I think it was Kuzma, or maybe he got crossed up by Kuzma. I don't remember. No, but he like stepped he he on put the foot. Kuzma,
1: he put Kuzma on the floor, and yes, but also the problem is Kevin Durant's foot is really He's, big. It's and sometimes yeah. that's good because it lands on people, and sometimes it's bad because it makes the Nets eliminated against the Bucks.
2: You know who it's going to be a problem for? Victor Wembenyama, because he has a size twenty-one and
1: a half shoe. I think it is. Victor <laughs> Uh If I put my two <laughs> shoes... If I had the, the, the numbers of both my shoes, they wouldn't match the size of one of Victor's shoes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's not good. I'm a size 12, uh, so I can't relate to this. Jack brings Gilbert onto the timekeeper's table. Uh, Gilbert reverses with a back body drop, and the table just slides out from underneath them. Nobody goes through <laughs> yeah, it. it. just But it, it breaks. Just, it still breaks. It, it does break, but they, not... Because they went through it. It just breaks because it's a piece of shit. It honestly just kind of looked like they chipped an edge a little bit, and then the the, yeah. the, the legs broke off. Uh, Jack with a backbreaker at ringside goes for his diving elbow off the apron, but Gilbert moves. Um, back suplex by Gilbert, a one-arm pin. They're just throwing hands at each other while they're down. They drop each other with a single punch like they were a fucking yeah. Paul brother. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the n- the new rumored fight because I do not care. I just saw it no. all over social media. What is it? I'm not going to say it. I'll tell you later. It's I'm not giving oh, air wait, time. Okay, like to-
2: boxing or wrestling? Boxing.
1: I'm not giving oh, air oh, time. No, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. fuck that guy. Fuck them both. Yeah. Jack gets no, dropped uh, face first onto the steel barricade for another near fall. Then we get the diving sunset flip spot, which is cuckoo bananas. And the fact that it
2: happens multiple times is weird. It's it's he, just he does it it's a the doofus schmerz meme. Yeah. It's like it's it's weird that it's happened twice. <laughs> yeah.
1: He does a diving sunset flip off the apron to Gilbert to the outside. When I said, "Look at the athleticism on young Mick." Like people were always surprised yeah. I, I remember a thing going around being like, "Wow, like young Mick was like an attractive guy." Yeah, Mick Foley's not an ugly guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah, He's a good-looking just guy. Just got beat up now. He just
2: puts himself through hell for our entertainment. Now, and these, uh, you know, what I think really hurts Mick Foley, especially these days in the looks department. Uh, he, he just—I feel like the man has never learned how to style his hair in a correct way. No, it just always is on his head. Like it works when he's got the little goatee and the long hair going, because you know that was the look of the day.
1: Yeah,
2: but nowadays it's just my man's looks like he's got a perm. I don't, I don't know what to say, but it looks like it's a perm. It's a
1: a perm. Uh, this kind of takes to the finish. You want to go into the finish for us?
2: Yeah. Uh, so he, he, right after the sunset flip spot, um, Veronica, who's the uh, escort for Eddie Gilbert, throws her, I believe it's a shoe in the ring. It's a
1: shoe. Who throws yeah, a like shoe? A, Seriously.
2: She's got like a stiletto or some shit. Th- throws that into the ring. Um, Cactus ends up intercepting it. Rocks Eddie Gilbert
1: with the shoe. One, two, three. Cactus Jack wins the match. Which, he took a lot of damage and managed to win. That's a Cactus Jack special right there. It will not be the last time that happens. No. Uh, Foley would join WCW 1991. He had some entertaining feuds that we're not going to cover because we covered the big matches from them on Vader, these right? Re- Vader and Sting. We've covered both matches in respective Vader and Sting episodes. So go and listen to those, and you'll see some Cactus Jack in there. We're going to cover a Falls Count Anywhere match from Super Bowl 3. Against another unlikely opponent for a uh, hardcore match, Eddie Gilbert threw me for. So the way that I like to do
2: my prep for the podcast is like I don't look at the other match. Like if I don't know in advance, I don't look at the other matches. I just like look at it when I click on the link. Yeah, I just ha- I don't know if you're able to do this. I'm able to discern just one line only and not pay attention to the yeah, others with my eyes. Yeah, uh, and, and so I I see the Eddie Gilbert one. I'm like, okay, interesting, but cool. Let's rock. I see Paul Orndorff, I fall. I fell back on my chair. How is Mr. Wonderful on this podcast right now?
1: I have no idea, but he's definitely here. Uh, the clip that we have starts with Johnny B. Bad, a.k.a. Mark Marrow, introducing us to the match looking like a bus driver from heaven. Like he's in an all-white ice cream suit. It's fucking crazy. And if you think about it, his wife is now married to Brock Lesnar. I mean, th- these are facts that you say. Then we get a backstage interview with a certain somebody who's doing the interview. Did you see? Was it Tony? I didn't <laughs> No, it was Eric Bischoff. Oh shit. Eric Bischoff is interviewing Orndorff and he starts to answer, but Cactus Jack arrives and is just slamming a shovel into the ground and chasing Orndorff. Have you back ever into the ring. seen a metal shovel look like that? No. No, I was thinking
2: about it. I've never seen a shovel look like that. i I think that might be one of those like farming shovels. I think it use. is too. It's very sharp in the corners. Yeah. I'm like, you, this does not work for snow. <laughs> you and I are not
1: farm people. So
2: although I will say my my, my best friend was talking about because he's Greek, he's talking about going back to the village in, in Greece and becoming sheep herders, and it, it sparked a little joy inside of me, I'm not gonna lie.
1: We could become just like the bushwhackers.
2: But yeah, he he could handle all the sheep. I just want to tend to the crops.
1: <laughs> I just want to sit here and water my garden. Leave me yeah, alone.
2: Yeah, I want to I want to I want to
1: grow some olives or some shit. So Jack chases Orndorff all the way out through the uh, entranceway into the ring. For some reason the referee takes the shovel. This is a false count anywhere match. That means anything goes. Why are you taking this man's shovel? That's a deadly fucking weapon, Evan. It's sharp in the corners. I guess you cowards Anyways, the Orndorff gets a kick while the ref is uh, getting the shovel, so he gets the advantage to start. What do you think of the actual action? In this one,
2: I, I don't. It's hard to tell how if this was a good match or not. Honestly, it's just it's just a train wreck, which is weird because it's Paul Orndorff. I don't think it was particularly good, but I'm also not going to say I wasn't entertained throughout it.
1: It's not long. That's the thing is, I think it's entertaining for what it is. And I think more than anything, the thing that sticks out is, huh, Paul Orndorff can throw hands when he really needs to. Yeah, it's only
2: like a nine, 10 minute match. Yeah. The, The
1: clip is 13, but there's really only wrestling for about nine, nine of it. Yeah. Orndorff gets like they're brawling around ringside and he chokes Cactus Jack with an electrical cord. Uh, Jack fights back with a bunch of rights, tosses Paul into the barricade, pulls out the mat, scoop slam onto the concrete. Uh, also, hits a running elbow onto the concrete. Cactus Jack, if he loves any move, loves his fucking elbows.
2: Loves a, loves a good dive off the apron and middle rope to the outside, too.
1: Speaking of which, remember that sunset flip spot that went so well against, uh, against Eddie Gilbert? This might be the worst bump I've seen in a long time. Because he missed... <laughs> He, so, Jack goes to do the, from the middle rope, diving to the outside, sunset flip powerbomb. Orndorff does not go with him, even a little bit. He does yeah. just a full front flip and lands flat on his back on the he concrete. Bounced. He bounced. He very much bounced with an incredible sound. It sounded oh, like if you God. took a, like a bat to a hollow drum. Like, just yeah. boom. It's brutal. Yeah. It's it
2: was it was fucking brutal, man.
1: Think of some of the matches that we're going to cover later, and the people will see them soon. Um, this is the spot that may be the most uncomfortable. I think. Really? Just the sound of it, I'm like, oh, he like something should be broken.
2: I mean, we'll we'll talk about it, but I mean, wasn't there a there there was a spot in a, in a later match that really had me very concerned for one of the competitors? Uh-oh, yeah,
1: actually, yeah, somebody somebody it was going like to die later. And, and the crazy thing is. It wasn't even Foley that I was concerned about. Nope, I know exactly the one you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Cactus Jack gets the worst of that one. Orndorf gets the advantage, some kicks, a clothesline, uh, elbow strike on the outside by Orndorf, takes him up the aisle and tosses Cactus Jack over two barricades. I was like, wow, that's impressive. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, at one point here, I thought Cactus was going to break his back because. Paul Oenorf just suplexes him onto the barricade in a way that, like, like we fucking watched. It, it, goddamn, Sean Michaels broke his back on that on a spot that was similar, like a landing that was similar. Yes. to Yes, you know. Yep. And Mick Foley's a big boy; he's way bigger than Sean Michaels. was. <laughs> so, like, I'm I'm honestly shocked that he didn't get like some serious injury off of that. Uh, at one point, when you see, when, we,
1: when you look at the percentages of like the injuries that Mick Foley has had, and then you just watch any random five matches of mix. It's amazing he hasn't been more injured than he
2: is. Yeah. The injury the injury like the per capita here yeah. is very low. The ratio's low. off. The the, the is very low compared to yeah. like a lot of like I think that the highest in the in this is, is Darius Martin, Dante Martin's brother. Dante. Yeah. My man has torn his ACL twice in like <sighs> not like he came back, had a crazy return. Two weeks later, torn ACL. You that's know? tough.
1: That's tough. It's
2: it's really tough. He's 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 at the top level, yeah. um, and, and then and then somewhere around there's Tegan Knox.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And then all the way at the bottom is McFoley. And those who don't get injured, like the Miz. No torn ACL. Not there. That's <laughs> true.
1: Not there anymore. Not there anymore.
2: He's a so, little higher. I would say perk because you got to think about the spots that there's that's the ratio. McFoley is
1: definitely lower because of the spot ratio. So back in the ring, Orndorf with a forearm off the top rope. He's working over the knee of Cactus Jack. He takes a brace yeah. off, because of course McFoley has a brace on his knee in the early nineties because and continues to do the weirdest shit for the next 15 years. Oh, so uh, early 90s. So there's there's a figure four spot. Of course there's a figure four spot. Uh, and then Jack gets close to the outside. Orndorf just hits him with the with the brace a couple of times. And this is when I realized just how jacked Paul Orndorf is. Big dude. big Older dude. at this point, too. Big dude. Washboard abs still. Many years removed from WrestleMania main event. That's the other thing I thought of, is the fact that both of these guys are in WrestleMania main event 16 years apart, and this is in the middle. <laughs> is this at eight years after? I don't, I don't think it's exactly eight years, okay. but like it's, cl- it's It's definitely close. It's pretty close, yeah. This, I mean, was WrestleMania two... this was 93, and... Fully main evented in WrestleMania 2000, so what? What it, it
2: was two, right? That's what Orndorff main evented. Yeah, against Hogan. This might have been the middle. Yeah,
1: this might have been right in the middle. SmackDown. Actually, team.
2: no, he didn't main event WrestleMania. Orndorff. I, I thought I think, he did. I think the feud was before that. I think it was leading into, like right before the Andre feud kicked off with three, is what I think. Because uh, I'm pretty sure. Bundy was the main event of two. No? no,
1: WrestleMania one. Hogan and Mr. T were against Orndorff and Piper. Oh, okay, one. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. All right, that that's what yeah. it was.
1: So this is close to the middle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, okay. we get pretty much to the to the finish here, and guess what? Paul's not winning. Yeah, a uh, bunch of
2: shots with the brace, a couple of chair shots to the knee. He starts taunting, doing some the Hogan taunt with the with the little wave into the ear cup. Yeah, uh, do doing some some. Uh, bodybuilder poses. And then Foley from fucking behind just grabs that shovel and buries his ass because he puts it right into his back or his head it was. Uh, Yeah, one, two, three.
1: Mick Foley, Cactus Jack wins the match. What are you doing? I'm burying you. It's exactly what Mick Foley did there. Cactus Jack (laughs) clocked him with the shovel. One, two, three. Gets the dub. Yeah. These are two matches where I'm like, Cactus Jack is just an agent of chaos. He just keeps showing up in these companies just to fuck up their prettiest stars. And then he'll move on. I I didn't mind it. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly, it's like
2: I said, I I, I don't think this was a particularly good match. I was just entertained by it.
1: Yeah. Are you not entertained? We're going to take a break. When we get back, we're looking at Foley's time in ECW and a big change for Cactus Jack. Back from the break, it is time for ECW. Fully worked for ECW and did some trips to Japan between 94 and 96. Uh, When he was starting in ECW, he did the hardcore style. That was what he was based on. That's kind of what his whole gimmick was. He did the usual shtick. But in mid-1995, things started to change. There were two reasons. One was because a botch he saw in the opening match of Wrestlepalooza 95 in August, where JT Smith did a dive, slipped off the ring apron, and landed headfirst on the concrete. He was so severely concussed that his head began swelling on the spot, and the audience response, of course, in classic ECW fans' fashion, was you fucked up. The other thing that causes the change in McFoley, we're going to talk about in this promo right here. This promo is famous for just how really impassioned it is. Have you heard this promo before? Yeah. 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 This is the Kane Dewey promo. And you're like, Kane? The Big Red Machine? Nope. Singapore Kane, yep, yep. Uh, let's and dive Dewey, in. Dewey, like his son, Dewey, like the decimal system. Sure. Holy, oh, <laughs> Cactus Jack is talking to Tommy Dreamer. That's who his, this this promo is really like directed towards, because Tommy Dreamer is the ultimate example of bleeding and suffering for a crowd for their yeah. amusement, and he's saying, "Don't do it," which. This is the other thing is I love this promo because Foley is speaking nothing but facts. I mean, look, man, there's nothing
2: more true than this this little snippet right here. More than anybody else in that ECW dressing room, Tommy Dreamer, maybe more than anyone else in the wrestling industry, you are willing to pay the price to sweat, bleed, to suffer. Uh,
1: you're willing to bear that cross. And I say, Tommy, don't do it. <laughs> They're not worth it, Tommy. I made my bed of nails, and now I have no choice but to be power bombed on it. Is like a metal fucking line. That line is that bar <sighs> slaps. Yeah. I love it. I I, I love it. And he, then Foley decides to bring us in. He says he's gonna take you back to a deciding point in his life. It's embedded in his night, uh, in his skull, in his nightmares. Terry Funk took a bottle and sliced and diced Cactus Jack. The pain was so intense. He was looking around for a saving grace, and he found it in a sign in the crowd. And the sign said two simple words. Cain Dewey. <laughs> and I'm not doing Cactus Jack's delivery justice, because he sounds like a madman. Yeah, he sounds fucking insane. Somebody had taken the time and effort to make a sign about Singapore caning Mick Foley's real-life child. Uh, I, I looked it up. I, b- I believe Dewey was three. Dewey was three years old. Yeah. And Foley says, you sick sons of bitches, you ripped out my heart. You took everything. I believed in you. And you flushed it down the damn toilet. <laughs> By all accounts, Dewey Foley is a really lovely guy. Yeah, I mean, he's just like his dad. I think he did some creative work with WWE. Uh, hey, probably. Um, is cool. Or at least some trading
2: to be creative stuff. Um, he goes, you flushed my heart, you flushed my soul, and now it sickens me to sit back and see other people making the same mistake.
1: Dewey was the on the NXT creative team for a while and was the lead writer for a bit of 205 Live. Oh, shit. Good friend. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool.
2: He goes on to say, I'm saying to you before I take these aggressions out on you to look at your future and realize that the hardcore life is a lie. That Cactus these- Jack
1: doesn't want Tommy Dreamer to make the same mistakes he has. Yeah. These
2: letters behind me are a blatant lie that those fans who sit there and say, he's hardcore, he's hardcore, wouldn't piss on you if, you're, if you were on fire, you selfish
1: son of a bitch. Tells Dreamer to look at his future, and because apparently F- Dreamer had been offered by WCW and said no, and Jack's talking about trading in the nice house, the big contract, the insurance, and the guarantees to quote work for a scumbag who works out of a piss ant pawn shop in Philadelphia. I would love an episode of It's Always Sunny where it's like the gang hangs out with Paul Heyman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the trash man. They try <laughs> to crack together. Um you're the reigning, defending, trash man champion. I'd love to see it. Also, every single character on its always sunny would would cane Dewey. They all every, all of them would. They'd, Frank would do it for a nickel. Frank would do it. He'd pay you a nickel to hit him. Hell yeah. Frank would pay you hundred bucks to do it. <laughs> um Foley wraps up by saying, I'm doing this because I love you, man. Dreamer said no thank you to WCW. That makes Jack's blood run cold. He wants him to go to WCW and to go to Uncle Eric. It's always uncomfortable when people call him Uncle Eric. It's happened a couple times. It's creepier than Uncle Howdy. Who's Uncle Howdy? I don't know, but I'm kind of enjoying the ride. I I also am enjoying the ride. I'm also enjoying the ride because nobody's right. I like I know. I kind of do too. No, I hope it's Barry Windham. Sexy Barry. If we get a Barry Wyndham sighting, we're going to lose our shit. Brother, this podcast will be sent to the moon. <laughs> I still haven't changed my cover photo. And you shouldn't. It still says Barry Wyndham is sexy, or just Barry is sexy. And you fucking shouldn't. Let's talk about an ECW match. That promo is amazing. We're not doing it as much justice. Go listen to it if you've never heard it.
2: Yeah, the delivery. We can't match that delivery because quite, f- quite frankly, we're not in passion to be
1: madmen. Yeah, nobody's tried to cane my child. Nobody, nobody, <laughs> yeah. nobody's saying cane Cooper, my cat. That <laughs> well, would make me. That would break my heart. Would I'd it, be- Though, if someone had you know, to cane, first off, you know how hard it would be to try to
2: fucking do it. A- get a cane shot off on a cat. That's true. They're quick. They're quick, boy. The fuck boy. All right, and do- Doobie's an agile little little man.
1: Dewey or Cooper? (laughs) All right. The last match that Cactus Jack ever had in ECW, at least ECW proper, was at Big Ass Extreme Bash Night 2. God bless that name. I want to know who named these fucking pay per views. I know it was Paul Heyman,
2: but I want to know what the fuck inspired my man to create that name.
1: I mean, you need, you need to have a big-ass extreme bash somewhere. Was it and drugs? Was Paul Heyman a drug guy? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He'd, tell, he'd probably tell you the first thing. He'd be like, I was on Im- immense amounts of cocaine when I came up with this. I was on immense amounts of methamphetamines. <sighs> uh, so it is against Mikey Whipwreck, March 9, 1996. This match, when you watch it, one thing that I noticed is that the fans are fully cheering for Cactus Jack. And this has happened a couple times in ECW matches where we know people are leaving. They did this for Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. But they booed him all the way from that promo we were talking about in mid-95, all the way to this, no breaks, to the point where he couldn't even sell his merch. He tried to go and get one of the ECW roadies to go sell some t-shirts one day, and the roadie feared for his life and was spit on. So he came back and told Mick, like, I can't sell your shirts. Damn. Yeah. (laughs) So now all of a sudden they love him because he's about to leave. What did you think of this match?
2: Look, I just have to say it. There was one glaring thing for me this entire match that just took me out of it. So I didn't get to enjoy this as much as I probably should have been able to.
1: Please tell me what the glaring flaw was.
2: Mikey Whipwreck. (laughs) with that outfit and that <laughs> neck brace i thought of one thing and one thing only every single time i saw him which was red from pineapple express oh danny mcbride's character my god is the only <laughs> thing i could see <laughs> <laughs> brother is- brother you just got killed by dewulano motherfucker
1: <laughs> that is a really Good shout!
2: God that damn, is, I couldn't see anything else. I just couldn't. All I could think of: this man is a drug dealer who has an escort wife who drives around in a fucking Wulanos, motherfucker. That's all I could think of. He got shot up a billion times. He is the best part of the movie, and Mikey Whipwreck is him.
1: Do you think that Pineapple Express gets kind of left behind? Like it gets? It gets I forgotten do. About?
2: Pineapple Express is my favorite of that era of movie no sorry super bad is my favorite pineapple express is number two it yeah. is very close super bad is only my favorite because i just had like a very like it was at one point i had this like pirated version of it on my my first ever ipod touch that it was just saved onto there so whenever like i would be away from internet and i was on road trips or something i just you pop in super my Band? headphones yeah. just watch super bad it's the movie i have seen more than any other movie at this point in my life not a bad movie to have that yeah, uh, but no, Pineapple Express is right there with it, honestly. I, I know that it makes no sense. It's just fucking hilarious, uh, and it's just, I will never feel like I wasted an hour and a half of my life if I'm watching Pineapple Express.
1: That's fair. You feel like you wasted time watching this match?
2: Not really. It's just, again, I it's just, this could have been a five-star classic for all I know. I don't know what the hell this was rated but this I just couldn't think of anything else other than red it was you, it was honestly just it, it was just a thing that took me out of it
1: you uh you talk about the match I gonna look up the the rating for it <laughs> oh
2: my god all right uh so so we start off like I mentioned Mikey whipwreck is wearing this like thin black neck brace with his with his tie dyed purple shirt and fucking uh, the Mikey whipwreck outfit um as as soon as the like the match starts, cactus gets him in off in the corner. He hits his running knees spot in the corner. He grabs a chair at one point. Mikey fights him off, Uh and, and while he's still beating on Mikey, the crowd just starts handing cactus stuff to like hit him with. And he, every yeah. time you he would he would grab it and be like, "What the fuck?" threw it down on the ground. Grab it. What the fuck? Threw it on the ground. Somebody had
1: him a pan, like an actual frying a pan. F- at pan. one point, yeah. this match is rated four stars. There. There is a five-star match on the card that I really want to go watch. I assume Jerry Lynn's in it. No. It's Ooh. Rey Mysterio and Juventud in the two out of three Falls match. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: gonna be on an episode. In nineteen ninety-six? <laughs> that
1: sounds perfect.
2: Uh, okay, so call another callback to Dynamite. I watched um the 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 Eliminator match between Roosh and Bandito. Yeah. Brother, I fucking love Bandito. Like I already loved Bandito before this, but man, that dude could do some shit. That's it's so fun. It was it was I, a really solid match
1: too. I love his gimmick. I love the love the look.
2: It was also weird seeing like because I saw people that I had just witnessed and and like we we had just seen like Jay Lethal and Roosh in the Matt Taven episode last week. So mm-hmm. seeing Jay Lethal and Roosh and they look the exact same. I'm like, holy shit, it's them! <laughs> I just it's watched them. your
1: matches. <laughs> Also, on Big Ass Extreme Bash Night One, Cactus Jack fought Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho yeah. from the Mass Singer fame. Yes, the, the Mass Singer guy. Yes.
2: It's so, so obviously Chris Jericho, but I guarantee you
1: no one got it right because no one knows who the fuck except, Chris except for except for all of wrestling Twitter. Uh, yeah. So we're back in the ring. Mikey with a drop kick, right hands in a clothesline, take that takes both back to the outside. We get a back suplex on the floor by Mikey. Cactus sets up a table and backslipses Mikey onto it, but again, the table does not break. These tables, yeah. they refuse to budge. They just don't want to do the thing, man. Cactus does his middle rope elbow this time instead of the Sunset Flip powerbomb, which is good because that, that last one sucked. Although, listen, man, he still landed real hard on his hip. <laughs> he, yeah, like, I gotta assume Mick's hips are really bad from all these
2: landings. Well, yeah, I mean, he's got a hip replacement, did not he? I'm pretty sure McFoley's got a hip replacement. I'm pretty sure McFoley is at least thirty percent metal at this point. Yeah, man, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked by no. that. The um, Cactus, like you mentioned, does the elbow drop. He then he does a spike power driver for a near fall back in the ring. Um, he hits his double underhook DDT for a near fall. Uh, he at one point. Um, Mikey gets set up and he's like hanging himself on the, on the bottom rope. Basically like yeah. his head is like his neck is, has the rope up against it. He's just like yeah. going for a breather. Um, and if uses that to his advantage and hits a drop kick from the apron.
1: <laughs> yeah. It does like the leg dro- and an elbow on the apron too. Or sorry. Leg, leg drop. I should say. Yeah. Mikey escapes a pile dr- uh, driver by dumping Jack into the first row, but Jack counters with a neck breaker on the barricade. And this whole time he just listens to the crowd ECW is just a hostile, loud environment. Like they're just—I would not want to go loud. to an ECW show. ECW is a is a shitty home crowd to have to play against. You know, like if you're coming is, in and you're a new yeah. guy, oh my
2: god, it's like going to—I don't know, fucking what, what's like the most. T- it's like being any. It's like being a Red Sox fan at Yankee Stadium or a Yankee fan at Red Sox yeah. at Fenway you know it's 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 t- toxic
1: it's terrible you're going to probably get a beer thrown at you <laughs> try to catch as much of it with your mouth as you can like ah. i was well, what if you're free drink what if they what if they pissed in it first you don't know that's commitment to the bit i'll you know what good for them uh jack <laughs> launched just launched himself off the bottom rope backwards towards the outside which was quite the interesting offensive maneuver it was a bad one yeah, But he, he, he you know, tries something new. He just, like, trust falls, essentially. Hey, man, you always gotta do something, you know? Well, with the opening, Whipper gets a chair, which, I don't know why he didn't get one earlier, because he just clocks the shit out of Cactus Jack. I kind of five chair shots. Unprotected! To the dome!
2: Oh my god. Cactus uh, Jack kicks he, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they fight into the crowd, and then at one point... Mikey gets up on, like, this fucking, st- like, it- it's not a stanchion. It's just a high, like, a part of the, uh, like, little air- arena little stage or whatever area, yeah. that's, like, higher, or, like, well higher up. It's where
1: Joey Styles is doing his broadcast from.
2: Oh, yeah, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he's up there, and then he just fucking does a dive off of that shit. And I'm like, holy fuck, you're landing on concrete, man.
1: Also, <laughs> did, we, we skipped over. Whipwreck was hitting Cactus Jack with an album. Did you hear what commentary was calling it? No, it's a Leonard Cohen album. (laughs) I heard there was a secret chord. Hallelujah, Mikey Whipwreck. David played and it pleased the Lord. Why does it sound like you're doing an Obama impression while you do this?
2: Because that's what fucking Leonard Cohen's goddamn hallelujah sounds
1: like Uh, to me. I heard there was a secret chord that uh, uh, David David played played. and it
2: pleased the Lord.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Mikey with the dive. Uh, we get a suplex and then uh forearms by cactus stops a diving Mikey, he gets a chair, hits him a bunch, pile driver on the chair back in the ring. cactus Jack wins, did you stick around for the post match promo he, he, he I, well, I mean
2: right after the match, Mikey's like begging him to leave him alone. uh he gets on the mic, doesn't he cut like a babyface
1: promo? He does cuts he a babyface promo, he raises Mikey's hand, and there's the famous clip of him dancing in the ring to New York, New York. With Stevie Richards and the Blue
2: Meanie, brother. When Stevie Richards came out, I popped. You already know I did. I wrote it in all caps. Stevie Richards with a million s's. Yes, it's uh, the Stevie Richards episode is going to be incredible. He's our next white whale. There was there was the Mabel episode, and now it's the Stevie Richards episode. But it's like Mabel was for both of us. You know, Stevie Stevie Richards Richards is is very much yeah. He's very much my guy. Who's your Stevie Richards?
1: (laughs) Well, we already did (laughs) Laparca. Yeah. That's true. And Leparco is my guy. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll talk about the reason that Mick Foley Cactus Jack was leaving w- uh, ECW, which is WWF, right when we get back.
0: Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Back from the break, Mick Foley came to WWF in 1996. He was mankind. He did make a couple appearances as Cactus Jack, including one in 1997 In a few with Triple H. Cactus Jack would team with Chainsaw Charlie, a.k.a. Terry Funk, inexplicably wearing pantyhose on his head. Still don't understand let the man do what he got to do. I sure, uh, but then Cactus Jack reemerged in 2000 and a few with Triple H, and we're going to watch that extra promo right now, which is the return of Cactus SmackDown January 13th, 2000. I know people want the fist back for SmackDown. I, I want this.
2: it. I'm no, no, Evan, no, no, no. I'm going to stop your agenda right now. The fist deserves to be back. I don't care what anyone says.
1: I agree with you. I, however, think that the original Oval set gets disrespected in these conversations. No, I, I like the The fist ovals. is number one. The fist is number I'm not, one. I'm not saying it's not number one, but I'm saying if we can't get the fists, maybe we can get the ovals. Well, we're not going to get anything. They spent
2: millions of dollars on the set that they currently use. They're going to use that shit for like five more years, probably.
1: I'm so disappointed. I don't like the sets.
2: I don't hate it. I just don't like how it's not different no and it's he, it's, like, it's just it's so generic you could keep this set the way it is for one show change it up for another and like uh, give me special stuff for pay-per-views it it could be the same setup just like put some shit on the stage
1: maybe this is a controversial opinion take some of the budget out for the wild weird wrestlemania sets you don't need to go as oh, whoa, whoa, crazy whoa, 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 whoa
2: hey hey, hey. Whoa, no whoa, whoa.
1: no i mean it you could have in interesting different sets for wrestlemania don't blow the whole budget on that, okay? It's you know what very- they could do, Evan? What you know could what, they you do? Know what they
2: should do? They should take the money that they're paying Braun Strowman this year. <laughs> uh, since he wants, to, he wants to talk about, oh, you know, the, the flippy floppers and, and we're really riling up the IWC. You know what will make the IWC really riled up? If you give your entire salary away for this year so that WWE can create new sets. Because, hey – What's he probably making? Like a million? I I hope not. Because that's what he was making before. I, I would just assume he came back for something similar.
1: I think he came back to control his own narrative. I think that's why he came back. That was I think the, he
2: came back so he wouldn't have to. I think he's a sheeple. She, he's got he's
1: got the black sheep mask. Anyways, uh,
2: Mick Foley says it's enough. There's, a, it is there's enough. a fake mankind in the ring with Triple H. He says it's enough. First, you take away my job. Then you bring this idiot out here and you take away
1: my dignity. If all he's bloody, he's bruised. He's saying Triple H ruined his shirt. <laughs> ruined his face. Ruined his day. <laughs> when, he, when
2: he said that, that he took a shower after the attack the previous week that Triple H had on him, and he saw the blood swirling around the drain, he started thinking about what mankind was. He says he's yeah. entertaining. Damn good author. One tough SOB. And one hell of a fighter. But after the beating that he received last week in Chicago, no, 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 sorry, the, the, the beating he, he received one week ago, they're in Chicago currently. He says one thing he's not ready for is the
1: title match with the Royal Rumble at Madison Square Garden. He calls Triple H the game, and it, the camera switches over to the game, and you see him, you see Triple H just mouthing, I am the game, you're goddamn right, uh, I am the game. You just see him. He's very in his in his own head. It's awesome. And Mick Foley then says, you know, the, the fans deserve a substitute in the match. I'm gonna name him right now. Says, I think you know the guy, and I genuinely love the reveal. It's so dumb. Cause you know it's just it's just Mick took his mask off. Looks it's like an entirely different guy. He, he took off the button-up shirt. And he's got the cactus jack shirt on. He just looks cleaner, you know? It, it just yeah. <laughs> His first official act is to kick your teeth all over the city of Chicago, brawls with Triple H. Uh, Fake Mankind uses a chair to the back of Jack, who is unaffected because he eats that shit for breakfast. Jack tosses the Fake Mankind through the ropes, baseball slides him, and then a diving chair elbow drop to the outside, which is like a variation of your finishers. That's very exciting. Hey, whoa, 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 man. Nothing beats the chair shot off the top rope. Everybody loves the chair shot at the top rope. Uh, this leads into the Cactus Jack versus Triple H Street Fight at the Rumble 2000. We have covered that. It is on the Triple H three-parter. Go and listen to those. I believe it's episode 61. I think it's in there. Go, no and, listen. <laughs> Go and listen to those. We are instead looking at the second match in that series, the Hell in a Cell match at No Way Out 2000. WWF Championship on the line. Also, Cactus Jack's career is on the line. I have a question, and that is the Cactus Jack shirt, the famous wanted poster shirt. Yes. Which tier of like instantly recognizable and iconic wrestling shirts is that in?
2: Is it S tier oh, or is it A tier? Okay, this this is not what I was. This is not where I thought you were taking this question. I thought, where does it rank for you? Well, it's, it's kind of similar because I think there's some guaranteed S tiers. I I, I want to say it's S tier, but I just don't think. It is because my thing is the S tiers are like NWO Bullet yep. Club Stone Cold. So those punk are the, shirt, exa- the, the those white are the one was the three that I had the
1: Chicago one.
2: Yeah, I, I yeah. think that one's pretty instantly recognizable. John Cena any brandy John Cena shirt at this point. I mean they all have his face. Oh the uh, the Rock shirt the 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 one that's the like ju- got milk. But I don't. Oh, know. I thought I thought
1: you were talking about the Just Bring It.
2: That one. It's like the same design as the just the the the, the milk shirt, but it's yeah. just bring it. Yeah, there it is. Um,
1: See, I would have the the cactus jack shirt ahead of any John Cena shirt because the thing with John Cena shirts is there's so many, and there's yeah. Small. But here's
2: the thing: you the, the the way that the reason why um I I would I would rebuttal that is you said recognizable. Yeah. How many people are going to see the Cactus Jack shirt and be like, oh, dude, Cactus Jack, Big Foley, whereas John Cena's shirt, John Cena's already
1: mainstream. I, mean,
2: I, like th- I think was.
1: what I mean, though, is in terms of iconic shirts, just like that, that being the iconic shirt, I think John Cena has a lot of notable ones. I don't think he, he has one, the one singular iconic shirt, okay. whereas like Austin 316, Bullet Club, uh, NWO. Yeah, Hogan, the, the yellow with the
2: Hulkamania. Viva La Raza? Like that might be up no, there. No, no. because his best shirt is the I'm Your Papi shirt. It absolutely is. God, I love that shirt. Um I I would say first off, I would say the first three are in its own. Oh, DX. A DX shirt. DX there's shirt. A four. Those,
1: that's the S tier. That's the S tier. The I, 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 I would put him in the A.
2: I'd put him in the A. Yeah. There's like a there's like an A plus tier. I would say he's in that.
1: Yeah. But I he, he, he's knocking on the he's door. Not, he's not in the S. He's just no. he's just campy compared to those. Uh, what did you think of this Hell and So much? Obviously, we've both seen it already.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I've never seen the video package leading into it. It's really good. Oh, I thought it was really fucking good. The video yeah. packages that they had from, like, 99 to, two, like, I would say probably 2003, maybe, yeah. three, four, of that range, they're fucking excellent. They're some of the best. Because like, they were, like, obviously, they've had some excellent ones after the fact. But those specifically, like, man, they were just on a different level. Like, it, it was like every fucking pay-per-view had a great video package.
1: Yeah. In my mind, watching this match, even as a youngster, So I watched this match live, eight years old. I was watching at this point. Wow. Yeah, I was watching at this point. Uh, in my mind, Cactus Jack was like 50 years old. He's 34. He is 34 in this fucking match. <laughs> It's like the the crazy thing about that is I, I can't even
2: tell you who's thirty four in wrestling these days, but like like Adam Cole is thirty three, you yeah. know,
1: <laughs> and that sounds crazy. The amount of miles that were already on Mick Foley's body at thirty four. I think Swerve Scott might be
2: thirty four. <laughs> Which Tiger is probably thirty four. That doesn't even compute in my brain. You know what I mean? Like, these are people who are like like you think about them and you're like, yeah, they've probably got another decade left in their run. You know, and McFoley's like on his way out. I'm looking up 34
1: year old wrestlers.
2: Okay, that makes sense. I'll I'll, I'll do. I'll do what I do. Um, Cactus was beating ass until Triple H decided to beat ass, which is essentially Cactus started the match off with a bunch of punches. Triple H gets the advantage and punches him into oblivion. 34 year old wrestlers. Wardlow. Wardlow's 34. Wow. Okada. Yeah, I knew Okada was 30. It was around that
1: range. Uh Tyler Breeze. Ricochet. Wow. Tyler Breeze is that young? Naomi. Okay, Kyrie. yeah, that makes sense. Kyrie Sane, Elias. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. I mean that listen, that makes uh, uh, some of those main sense. Yeah, I mean, you got to think. Kairi Sane and Hikaru Shida have been wrestling for like 15 years now. This morning. I just... Wardlow threw me for a loop. Wardlow threw me off. I would have guessed Wardlow was like 31. I would have guessed 30, yeah. Like, uh,
1: uh, that, one, that one's... Wow. Uh, so, Jack is running Triple H in the cage. Rubs his face along it. We get a low blow by Triple H. We get the classic knee drop. Um, Jack gets a chair. He can't use it. Triple H gets a knee to the face of him instead. Triple H then tosses Cactus Jack right over the steps along ringside, and there's not that much room to play within the Hell in a Cell, obviously. Yeah. And then it picks the stairs up, and this is always one of my favorite spots. Just launches them into the face of Cactus Jack. Just fucking tattoos him. Hey, man, sometimes you just got to chuck it. Yeah.
2: Put it in the chuck it bucket, baby.
1: <laughs> just chuck it.
2: Chuck it. Um, Anyways... Uh, so so we get that spot, and then he he buries Cactus underneath the steps, and then starts hitting the steps with a steel chair.
1: Yes. <laughs> then he spam, spams the it, Tom button in the ring for a little bit. Yes. We get back in the ring. Triple H with a chair shot to Jack's noggin, then a DDT for a two. Really trying to end it early.
2: Yeah. Uh, it does that? Um, he goes for the pin three different times. Yep. Um, Jack Cactus, uh, a little down the line, grabs the chair. And hits a chair shot to the taint. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way to describe it. Them does a DDT on the chair. Side Russian leg sweep on the chair. He explodes with punches in the corner. Yeah. Uh, sets up the chair in the corner. Like, uh, like propped up like a normal chair. Yeah. Uh, sits Triple H down on it. Goes for the running knee. Uh, Triple H gets up. Hits a drop toe hold. Cactus eats the chair for dinner.
1: I love drop to hold spots on the chairs more than I should. They're just so. I know they're coming. A little I always, side to you. Well, not that way. I'm no. not sitting here like, mm, do it again. Not that. <laughs> but like every time I see it, that I'm, I'm always. Uh, yeah, I I just lost us some listeners at what all at once. It's very exciting. But every time I see it, I know it's coming, and I'm like, it's gonna be good. And then it is. I'm like, God, it's a good, it's a good spot. It's a good bit. Uh, Triple Eight starts tossing cactus into the cage. Um,
2: at one point, Cactus flips it on him, starts tossing him into the gauge. Triple H gets
1: busted open like a goddamn stuck pig. He sure does. Uh, Jack does the, the diving chair elbow to Triple H. And then Jack misses throwing steps to Triple H trying to return the favor. But it bursts the side of the cell. And the cell had been extra chained. And there was a big thing so that way Cactus couldn't take it outside. Because you know what
2: happens when Cactus Jack or Mick Foley is in a hell of
1: a saw match. And now he has a way to reach the roof. (laughs) And so he's going to go to the roof. The ceiling is the roof. The roof is the ceiling. And Cactus Jack is going to go there. Uh, They're brawling on the announce table. Jack with a pile driver on the announce table. Jack is starting to climb. And Steph McMahon is just holding him down like, no, Mick. We're gonna be co GMs of Raw in like in like 16 years. Can you not? She's saving his life. Um <laughs> she really she's trying to. Cactus
2: has Barbie. I love Barbie. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world, man. Um yeah. triple H triple H tries running, but Barbie catches or uh Wow. I go triple H tries running, but Barbie catches up. Yeah, classic Barbie. Hey, oh wait, no, I'm an idiot. No, because he tries running, and then Foley grabs him, and then hits him with Barbie. That's what I meant yes. here. That's exactly um, what you meant there. And Triple H gets life uh, when he gets to the top, because you know he he's just kind of dazed and confused this whole time. Uh, Foley climbs up, obviously after him, trying to kind of escorting him his, him up there. He tosses Barbie in fr- out in front of him before he even gets there. So when he's on the edge, not even f- up yet, he's still just teetering on that edge. Triple H starts fighting with him. Uh, at one point, he grabs Barbie, hits Foley with it, which causes Foley to fall off the cage through the fucking announce table. Yeah.
1: Then also, Barbie has a, a a strap on the end of her. She's got a little little holding strap, and I was like, "That's weird." And then I realized it's so Gactus Jack could carry it on his wrist. Yeah, like a, like a little, little clutch, little handbag on his way up to go like murder a man Loneer. That's exactly. So, yeah, he goes to the announce table. Cactus gets up, and he keeps trying to throw a chair up to the roof of the cell, but the he can't. The first time, it hits him right in the face. <laughs> and then it just, he just can't get up there. So, he just instead climbs back up the top. Triple H hits him with Barbie again. Gets him in the back repeatedly. Cactus the low blow. Hunter almost falls through the corner of the cage. Did you catch that? That is the spot I was talking about. Yeah. When I was like,
2: this is the most dangerous spot of it all. The The... Fucking corner so just to describe it to people the cage like they're in the corner of the cell on the roof on the roof and the, the the cage floor part of it in the exact corner spot opens up a little bit and triple h gets one and a half legs out like he is one and a half
1: legs into that shit he is so close to just falling not even into the ring but just to ringside
2: yeah and that would have been absolutely like I don't think he, he dies from that, but his but legs he's get pretty fucked o- up.
1: He's not okay.
2: Yeah, his, he he gets at least a broken ankle. Yeah. Worst, best case scenario, it's a broken
1: ankle. We get a suplex on the cage by Jack. We get a double-arm DDT by him. And then he's lighting Barbie on fire. And I just wrote, that's dangerous. little hardcore Olympic torch action. Yeah, back. Uh, uh, they're up top.
2: Um, Triple H does end up hitting a back body drop. I believe Foley was going for a power driver of sorts.
1: Cactus yeah. falls through the fucking cage, through the through the roof, and down into the mat where he makes a gigantic hole. And now I think that was a planned spot. I think it was too. That doesn't change anything. You can yeah. know you can know it's coming, and it'll still suck.
2: No, because I, I think I remember seeing, uh, like, obviously, the, the, the famous Hell in a Cell match. It was not planned. He just fell. We're going
1: to talk about that next week. Yeah, we are. We sure are. It's going to be crazy. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I mean, I feel like anyone could assume, hey, they're doing a Mick Foley three-parter. We're going to talk about the day he almost died at the hands of The Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, um, and then... Uh, Yeah, so here I I
2: believe that the story goes this was a planned spot. They like prep the ring and everything. Obviously, it still definitely hurt like a motherfucker and it's a terrifying spot to do, but
1: you know, at least they tried to make it safe for him. Triple H drops down through the hole he's made in the roof. Cactus Jack is still alive and moving, not a lot, but like enough. He's like wiggling his fingers and he starts to stand up. One pedigree by Triple H. One, no, two, three. Triple H just starts kicking him to get him to move. <laughs> just making sure he's not dead. He just he wants to win the he wants to retain the title, and not have a murder charge. All right, he doesn't want manslaughter on his conscience. I but mean, he hits an extra, it, I don't know. I think it's self defense. Then he hits an extra pedigree. One, two, three. Cactus Jack is done. We got one more match to talk about, and that is. The return of Foley. So in 2003, he returned to WWE as a special guest referee in a Hell in a Cell match between two men. Can you guess who it was? It was at Bad Blood 2003. Hell in a Cell, 2003. Yep. Triple H? It was Triple H. Goldberg? No. Other WCW guy. I'd, I'd call him a WCW guy. He's in both. Oh. Kevin Nash? Kevin Nash. There we go. There you go. Uh, in the build up to that, they had a night celebrating McFoley's accomplishments, where he was attacked by Ric Flair and Randy Orton of Evolution. Foley returned at the Rumble uh, after walking out due to being quote storyline afraid to wrestle Orton back in December. He eliminated himself and Orton from the Rumble with a- one of the best facial reactions in the history
2: of wrestling is Randy Orton falling yes. to his knees when
1: <laughs> when McFoley's music hits. He eliminates them himself and Orton with the with the double clothesline. And then they had the two on three handicap match at WrestleMania 20 against Evolution. And then we get to this. A match that Foley considers potentially the best of his whole career. Which is interesting, because I don't feel
2: that way, but it is a very if if I were to tell anybody to watch any of the matches on
1: this episode, it's this one. I would say this one, and if you've if you haven't seen the Triple H one in a while. Go watch that one. Yeah, I just think this is a better match-match, yeah, whereas is, the Triple, is H, one, a better Triple match. H one's good, but I just
2: feel like it's it's slow in a lot of parts. And obviously, it's because they're coming off with some huge goddamn
1: bumps. Yeah, still. people are dying. Uh, this match is a no-holds-barred, false count anywhere intercontinental title championship match. Backlash 2004. It is Randy Orton defending the title against Cactus Jack. Uh, I see champ Evolution Orton is top three of his best characters top top three ortons it's 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 led like there's like legend killer there's vice there's like apex brender whatever that crazy one is i still think
2: the number one is 2009 2010 randy orton that is still the number one what would
1: you classify that one as like
2: the angry skinny orton
1: that's what basically it's true (laughs) skinny 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 season was crazy
2: Legacy Orton, I, I don't know. Two thousand, I just say two thousand nine, two thousand ten. That that range, yeah. the guy is that is the best version of him. He was he was fire on the promo. His matches were excellent. That character, the savagery of it, he was just so fucking good.
1: But something about this young whippersnapper, I'm the greatest man. Like I'm God's gift to the world. Having him go up against Hardcore Legend Cactus Jack in this match is perfect for like building his legacy. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's also like a complete contrast of two people. Like they are
1: complete opposites of each other. Yeah, it it's pretty nuts. So Cactus has a Barbie. He's got his own this time. It's this time it's a bat instead of a two by four. He charges Orton with it. They do a test of strength on the outside, and then Barbie gets tossed to the side. You Uh,
2: undersold the shit out of that. Orton came out with a Barbie, but it was a two by four. Cactus had the bat one. Orton sees it and is like, "Well, fuck that!" Drops his. Goes, grabs a trash can, yep. and Cactus is just laying in the shots with the Barbie right on the fucking trash can. Then they do the test of strength.
1: Uh, I think I might have been getting a snack while that happened. That's probably why I didn't write it down, to be entirely honest. <laughs> my man my man had to get some trail mix. I needed a snack. Uh, then Orton uses that garbage can, hits three shots to Cactus before he gets a foot up on Orton when he's trying a fourth one. We get a running knee and a leg drop by Cactus Jack, a baseball slide that sends over to the outside, then a neck breaker ringside. And like, this is weird. It's obviously a hardcore match. Cactus Jack is so fluid in his wrestling in this match. Yeah. And I was like, you're 38 years old. Where are you pulling these, these tricks from? My brother's totally. off. My, my brother's on point here. He really is. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Like, and it, I wouldn't call Mick a technical mastermind by any stretch. But he's got some he, he really, can do it though he can do it but he's got some really nice sequences in this match
2: yeah um it, it's i it's something that I wish I had been able to see more of from foley is is the the technical aspect of it because I just felt like he got so shoehorned into being the the guy who was hitting these high impact and and insane you know weapon yeah. spots and all this other stuff
1: but the, the guy's a damn good wrestler it It's like when we see comedic actors do a drama role and we're like, wow, you're really good at acting. It's like, yeah, of a- course they are. Adam Sandler and funny people. What is this? Adam Sandler? What are you doing here? Just waiting for them to play Gangnam Style. Jim, Jim, Jim Carrey at Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. I love that movie. Uh, Orton, so they're, they're going up the ramp. We had a middle rope diving elbow, but Orton scurries away before he can even attempt it, and so Orton's kind of going up the ramp. Jack follows him. Orton hits a back suplex for a two count. Orton goes for a pin after slamming Cactus into the ramp again. Orton wants to rub Barbie on Jack's face, but instead Cactus gets a low blow. And we get our first Socko appearance of the three barter. Yes, we do. Mick Foley's a fan a fan of democracy. So he asks the people, Hey, what do you want? You want Socko or you want Barbie? And what do it's, you think it's, It seems like they picked they they picked Barbie, no? They do pick Barbie, and so he drops Socko. Uh, but what do you think these sick people are going to choose? A sock or barbed wire? Hey, the
2: sock is over, man. Um, anyways, so he starts rubbing Barbie on Orton's face. Uh, does a leg drop, or leg drops Barbie onto Orton. Yep. Um, and then he, he grabs some gasoline, <clears throat> and he starts pouring the gasoline onto Barbie. And Evan, who comes out?
1: it's Uncle Eric from earlier. He's done interviewing Paul Orndorff, and uh, he says that the fire marshal will shut this show down for the 15,000 people here if you light that on fire. So Cactus Jack listens to Reason and comes up with a secondary plan, and his secondary plan is to use a baking sheet to tattoo Orton's face like he's Mike Tyson. Brother, he absolutely
2: folded
1: that man. Yeah. just Folded abs- him. Just smashes him with it. That had some malice behind it. Yeah, that, that was, was some, you're too fucking pretty. <laughs> yeah, that was malice at the palace. I caught my wife lingering a little too long when she. I introduced her. So I'm going to knock you down a peg, all right? Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, cactus grabs a barbed-wired board. He holds it up like it's show-and-tell. He gets it from under the ring, and then he's like, this is my barbed wire board I brought from home. My dad helped me make it. <laughs> it's like, it's a science project. <laughs> Behold the history of barbed wire.
2: <laughs> Here, you see barbed wire. Here, you see more barbed wire.
1: It's, uh, it's kind of wild that Cactus Jack and like McFoley is so associated with barbed wire, and yet he didn't get, like, he's the only person in the world who could have that stupid barbed wire tattoo. He's the only person who I'm like, that's fine. You can have it. And it said fucking Randy Orton has it. <laughs> I know, it makes no sense. <laughs> um,
2: Orton throws powder on Cactus's face. Yeah, he does uh, a
1: LeBron. He just fucking launches the chalk yeah. in the air.
2: And then he fucking he power slams
1: uh cactus onto the board, right onto the barbed wire. Yeah. Orton puts the board in the corner, he wants to whip jack into it, double reverse, and cactus still ends up in the board. Uh, Then he gets drop-kicked into it for good measure. No, the good measure, so so then he drop-kicks
2: him into it for a little sweetener, and then for good measure, he drops the board onto Foley. Orton then has a nice little bag. What's in Orton's bag? What's he pulling out of his bag next? He's pulling out the things that Chris Jericho loves more than anyone
1: in this industry. A good old thumbtack bag. Orton has his bag of little friendly thumbtacks, and here's the thing. He wants to do the RKO. Now, Of all the moves to do with Thumbtacks, RKO is low on my list. I'll tell you what's lowest for me. Give me what's lowest. Big ending. 100%. 100%. the lowest one. But RKO, where you land your entire flat back and ass onto the mat, not worth it. No. Not worth it. Not at all. Um, So he wants to go for it, but what happens instead? Uh, Foley just pushes him forward, and Orton takes a flat back bump onto the thumbtacks. Orton's back looks like a fucking disco ball. Like, cue the ABBA. Like, where's John Travolta? Gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give oh amen. You know that one? Yeah. Amen at the midnight. Orton then, like any sensible person, is just running up the ramp. And also important to note, uh, is attempting to pull them from his hand because they all landed. It, some of them got in his palm. Which, because he had that, to bring himself up somehow, that's the spot that I'm like, this might be the worst spot because it, like it made me so uncomfortable to see. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it's like
2: a kid, he can't play PlayStation tonight. Can't hop on the <laughs> six with the boys. Um, <laughs> High five, or- Orton. Ow. <laughs> my favorite thing about this is Mick Foley executes the perfect move after this. Yeah. Which he just rolls up Orton.
1: Yeah, just roll up, roll you through the tax. Why not?
2: Just rolls him up. Uh, at one point, they they're fighting, uh, fighting up the ramp. They get backstage. We don't see them for a couple seconds. Secret handshake. Secret handshake. And then I guess, I guess uh, Orton lost the rock paper scissors because he's the first one out. Uh- and
1: then Jack just tosses him off the stage through a bunch of plywood and electric. He just goes fucking flying. He, just, he lost rock, paper, scissors and he had to go take just, the bump.
2: Just just like the stepbrother song. Por
1: <laughs> pi, volare. <laughs> so Orton's dead. Uh, and medical comes out and the refs try to take Cactus Jack away. And he's like kind of going to the back and then he pushes them away. El- like punches them and then just does his diving elbow drop off the stage and Orton kicks out. Kick, though? I did not expect that. But then I
2: also thought, wait, I don't think Mix Foley was ever IC champions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes it sense.
1: That was, was also my thought process, because I hadn't seen this match in a long time, and I was like, that that's weird. I thought that was the end of the the, the, the clip. Nope. Uh, Foley
2: does a double underhook DDT for a near fall. Which was insane. After all that, he hits the goddamn DDT, and it's still a near fall. Also, um, Orton's
1: Oregon- Picking thumbtacks out of himself on the way back to the, to the ring. Yeah,
2: well, man, Orton yeah. grabs Barbie, starts swinging it like a fucking madman. And then we get another Socko appearance he because we get a Mandible, mandible claw. claw. Yeah,
1: I I like the Mandible Claw. I also like that the Fiend took it. I thought it was a really good move for the Fiend.
2: You know what else I like? A good
1: old RKO
2: out of nowhere because that's what we get here. Not only out, out of nowhere, but onto the barbed wire, onto Barbie. Yes, I don't know where for a near fall. And then we get another RKO onto Barbie again for the win. Randy oh, Orton. A really
1: big win for Orton.
2: Yeah, this is a maker. Uh we we've yeah. talked about uh you know, tr- Mick McFoley's made a few guys in this industry. Triple H obviously at the Royal Rumble. This match with Orton, I would say the match in two thousand five WrestleMania against Edge. Edge, yeah. Um, he's he's made a couple of guys, and and this this was a big match. This was this was arguably the biggest match of Randy Orton's career, through to like 2007 or yeah. something when he finally beats John Cena.
1: But Cactus has also been making other people like he, as much as you might not like, or he reminds you of other things. Like he made Mikey Whipper a much bigger deal. Oh, in ECW. Okay. No, it's not that I didn't like Mikey. I just kept thinking of Red of Red. Uh, I had really good fun, like a fun time watching Cactus Jack. It was fun to see like the origins and see like this man's yeah gonna, like and I considered throwing a death match on there, but last time we Please watched God the Death no. Match, it was the Bull Nakano and I it was uncomfortable. people uh, just stabbing each other with scissors.
2: Hey, man, that's one of our highest
1: listened to episodes that we've ever done that's that's true. Two of our, of our highest ever episodes are uh, Bull Nakano and Manami Toyota still. So also shout out to everyone that's going back and listening to that. Yeah, because
2: those we need more of a spotlight on Japanese women's wrestling. The Joshi stuff is about to kick off with New Japan uh, towards the end of this month, and I'm very, very excited for it. I'm really excited to see who they bring in. I'm really excited to see who they put the belt on. I hope that uh, we get a lot of a lot of good stuff from Stardom. Give me Julia. I want to see as much Julia as humanly possible.
1: You have you're like who the fuck is Julia? Julia, <laughs> uh, like here, so. I, I can always see the stats of, like, who listens to, like, what episodes are getting old play recently. And, like, people are going back right now and listening to Kaiji Muto. People are going back and listening. Somebody today listened to parts two and three of the Kurt Angle episode. Uh, Kurt Angle series. Always going back and listen to old stuff. It never go. It never is out of date. Yeah.
2: it's We thing. just cover people, you know? We cover people's careers. Most of them are retired at this point. So it's Yeah. Like,
1: what did you think watching all these old Cactus
2: Jack matches? This was fun. I had a fun time with this. I I know these were all. I knew these were all going to be wild and hardcore matches and all this other stuff. But man, it just kind of built on itself, you know. Like it, it, I I got to see a side of Paul Orndorff I hadn't seen before. Like I enjoyed a Paul Orndorff match for the first time in my life. I enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> I I got to see Eddie Gilbert, who's who's someone that I've I've seen a, a few, uh, you know, a, a couple of times throughout the years but but i hadn't gone back and seen it in a while and to see him in the ring against mcfoley was fun as hell you
1: know randy Orton, young randy Orton's always fun honestly that triple h match and that triple h feud is in my opinion the feud that made triple h like a bona fide star because
2: it was the, yeah. it was the feud that made him the, the uh, top main event level guy i mean the feud that made him was that feud with the rock in 98 but yeah. that didn't make him a a top guy. It made him. I think him... this solidified him. Like he got yeah. yeah
1: pushed up there, and then this was the feud that like locked it in. It made him a
2: player, I would say, yeah. but it, it didn't make him a top guy. It then made him a game. Gamer. Game. I am the game.
1: All right. You should all follow us on Twitter because we post good stuff. We retweet a bunch of stuff. We are available there. DM us if you have people you want us to cover. Just send us a DM. It'd be cool to sell. Tweet at us. Do all those things.
2: Yeah. Evan's probably going to post up a, uh unrelated four part, or like four pictures
1: that, that represent the podcast without spoilers or whatever. Yeah. It's my favorite <laughs> thing to do. Follow us on Twitter at Crossbody of Work. Follow the podcast for every listening. Be sure to rate five stars. It helps us out as we continue to grow. We charted in five different countries this week. So. We're you? Know, the boys are growing. We keep doing things. Uh, so wherever you're listening, tell a friend to listen. That'd be super helpful. Helps out the pod tremendously. We love that yes, word sir. of mouth. But also rate five stars. We'll, it, we appreciate it. We appreciate every time we see it. It's fantastic. Uh, fullpresswrestling.com. That's where you can find the links to all the matches. We all have every single episode we've ever done is on Fullpresswrestling.com. You can find it, and you can follow the links to all the matches. We keep them all there. Fullpressshot.com to support the merch or support the boys by buying the merch. And follow us on Twitter individually. Follow me at seven Gomes. Javier, where can people find you? Sauce the follows at J Mello Sports. Do all those things, because it'll be nice. It'll be a nice thing to do. Uh, next week, the Mankind Era. All WWF the whole way through. A lot of interesting stuff. We're going to have a couple of matches against The Undertaker. We're going to have some, some interactions, I think, with Triple H. We're going to talk about the world title. We're going to talk about the weird development that the mankind character goes through from the beginning to what it's most known for, which is being essentially just Mick Foley in a mask. (laughs) Pretty much. Lucha Mick. Pretty much. Lucha Mick. Uh, That's all of the actual episode things. It's time for everyone's favorite part of the episode, Javier. Any final words for the people?
2: This week on Life Advice with Javier, we're actually going to turn it the fuck around on you, Evan. You're mm. the one that's going to give the advice this week because you're the one that's going to be the topic of it. Because this week or recently, Evan's had some some pretty major life events happen. We won't we won't let the people know what it is, but what we will say is that Evan had to find apartments. Mm-hmm. Evan, as you know, as I learned very well, apartment
1: hunting fucking sucks. It does. What advice do you have for the people on finding one? Write down all the questions that you're going you're gonna to need to ask. You think you'll remember all of them. You will not. And then you'll get home and you'll go, oh, fuck, I should have asked about X, Y, Z. Write down every question you want to ask. Write down the answers to those questions when the landlord or the person showing gives them to you. Uh, check the water pressure is always a big one for me. Check the water pressure of both the taps yeah. and the shower slash bath. Make sure that you can have a good shower in the morning. Uh, check to see when things have been replaced. When's the last time the... You know, heating was replaced it was the last time the water tank was replaced. Uh, check I didn't the ask lights. Any of this. <laughs> the other thing is to check the windows for drafts to see how drafty it's going to be, especially if you're paying for your own electricity. Make sure that you are checking or paying for your own heating. Check to make sure there's no drafts in the windows. We're lucky the apartment that we got is really good. All those things were check marks for us, there were zero issues, zero problems. Uh, the other thing to do is to there's nothing wrong with asking for measurements and dimensions because you're going to need to start to put things together for being in that place. Ask landlord if they have dimensions, if they can kind of tell you how big certain walls are, things like that. Like ask the questions, like not only you're not beholden to them, obviously you have to pay them rent to be there. But at the same time, they have to work for you and give you some of these things if they really want you to be a good tenant. So you should ask all these questions. Evan just scold all of us. I'm an old man. I've done all apartment hunting so goddamn much in my life. I I can't even count since li- since leaving residence, I've lived in I'm going to put it at s- at least 8 apartments in 7 years. That sounds Jeez. about right. No, it's pro- it's got to be 7 and 7. I think that makes more sense. But yeah, it's a lot. So, you know, check all these things, ask around to find the best deal. Don't and the other thing is you if you can if if it's not a company check for a decent landlord who's not going to be a dick sh- shady about it you know I, and that's the thing is like knock on wood I'm I'm batting a thousand with decent landlords so hey man we're all rooting for you and uh, thanks man and
2: we and we thank you for for this lesson this week on life advice
1: with Javier. I love that you still branded for yourself. Next week we're back it's mankind. We're going to get out of here cuz Javier's got to go watch Black Panther 2. Black Panther. We will see you next week for mankind. We'll talk to you then. Bye.